0: Welcome back to Merlisten, guys, a BBC Merlin podcast that airs twice a month and where we talk about the show, the fandom, and basically anything that we can think of, which is honestly a lot. My name is Momotastic.
1: And I'm Miss Snowfox.
0: And today we start off with a new category, which is where we want to talk about specific fanfic genre or generally genre within the Merlin fandom and today we're starting with early fakes, and we're going to talk about a little bit what we mean when we say early fakes. but first we want to introduce a guest who is coming back on this episode with us to talk about this who is Archaeologist Dee. Hi! I'm back! (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Run away
2: now! Yay!
0: (laughs) We're really excited uh, to have you back Dee and uh, this is going to be a really awesome episode i think because this is really going to be interesting to talk about like these these old fandom fanfics that probably many people who've been in the fandom back in the day might remember and it's it's going to be really cool and um, before we start off with a talk back let's quickly go into the news
3: first of all we are on iTunes now if you check iTunes's podcast section and search for more "Listen," you should find us easily We'll also put a link in this post, of course. Merlin Memory Month returns in September. The prompts for this round will be posted on the 12th of August, so keep an eye on Merlin Memory Month on Tumblr. The fan artist Sayatsugu is offering commissions. They offer sketches, line arts, both in color and black and white. Prices start from $15. Go and check out their post for more information. Merlin Reverse Big Bang goes into the next round. For the schedule and rules check your Life Journal at merlinreverse.lifejournal.com. Sign-ups start in October. The Tumblr blog Merlin FanArt has a new mod, but could use even more helpers. If you're interested in helping an awesome fandom block stay organized and active, contact the current mods on Tumblr. This is your two weeks' reminder that Coinelot tickets will stop being sold after the nineteenth of August. If you want to attend the shibbolicious Martha Convention in Canterbury at the end of September this year, go and book your ticket now. Pornelot has come to a decision about their next round, and it will be held in October. And last but not least, the Arwen shipping fandom is going to try their hands at another shipping meme. Dates and further information hasn't been announced yet, nor any prompts, but it is coming soon, and any and all Arwen shippers should get ready for an awesome two weeks of creating new Arwen fanworks.
0: That's that for the news, and now let's quickly have a talk back, which is today a uh, a message we received on Tumblr from, I apologize in advance if I like mispronounce this, um, Bad Wolf's Heel at least that's what I assume it's supposed to be pronounced as and uh, they sent us a message and said that they just discovered our podcast while well, deep in a rewatch and they're finally making cosplay after having the fabric for nearly a decade Aww. and they're really looking forward to listening to all of us and they're an American fan and they have no one to really talk to so they're excited to hear all um like her listen to both of us and what we have to say about the show and they hope to maybe one day join us on an on an episode yes and first of all we're excited we got to inspire you like this (laughs) like that's awesome second of all we've heard this from other american fans like diane you said this right uh about um Like, it's difficult for American fans to find other people to talk to, like, in in person or even in close fandom spaces. Yeah. So, um, there are definitely more ways to talk about it. Like, I know uh, Bad Wolf Seal has now joined a couple of Discord servers, so that's a good place to start. And um, Or Tumblr, a couple of live journaling communities that are semi-active are good ways to get involved. Yeah. And lastly, we've already like since this is a message that's a couple of weeks old by now, we've already like talked to uh, Bad Wolf Seal about bringing them onto the show, and they will be joining us for an episode in the future, and we're looking forward to having you in a couple of weeks, so or rather in a couple of months because it's still a little bit away.
1: <laughs> but and like it's so it's like so amazing, but I think podcasts do kind of have that influence where you feel like there are people still enjoying fandom because I think it's really easy when it's an old fandom and I've had this experience to just be like, oh no one cares about it anymore and it's really nice when you kind of hear people really enthusiastic and you want to get involved again. Great. So let's talk
0: about early fix. What what do we mean when we say early fix? Rox, do you wanna Uh
1: yeah sure. So um basically what we're talking about in this sense specifically is a fic that was written During or after the first couple of seasons, um, before a lot of game changing things happened in the show, like Morgana uh, being revealed to be Uther's daughter, Morgana being revealed to be, you know, um, not on the side of Camelot, uh, Morgana. (laughs) That's an interesting way of saying. Wow. I'm sick and tired of using the same words over and over again. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, also before a lot of the knights came because up until season two hiatus, we only had Lancelot and he wasn't really around. So season three onwards, we had Gawain and then we had uh, Percival join uh, at the very end. We had Eliane join uh, in the middle of season three. And of course, you know, then going forward, they had, you know, actual regular roles. And so that becomes a huge part of early fix and how we categorize them by what characters show up because, Seasons one and two were very much just kind of based on our main four and then the baddie of the week, and that was kind yep. of it.
2: Uh, except Sir Leon shows up in. Oh, episode... He does, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But two. he's an
0: original character.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean... yeah.
0: But still, it was the night. True. Yeah. that's true. We have.
2: I, I
1: think the the writers were like, well, we gotta give them someone. <laughs> But I feel like Sir Leon yeah. didn't become a fan favorite until like season three because he wasn't he meant to die in the last Dragon Lord and then they yeah. and then they yeah. chose not to kill him off because they were like we kind of need a regular character around because <laughs> they kept killing off all their knights and they were like oh shit <laughs> well, so I actually- so yeah even though we kind of at first were saying early fic we're we're, we're categorizing it as stuff that was written during the show because of course now we are in a position where every year that goes on the stuff that was written during the show will actually you know be you know much older than stuff that was written after whereas I kind of can't get my head around that that now the years after the show that thick is being written is now like five years which is just insane but what we're talking about when I think of early fic, yeah, stuff that happened before all the game-changing plot twists. So season one, season two, and the season two to three hiatus where it was just like a gold mine of stuff that you'll never see written again.
2: <laughs> so it's like
1: <laughs> glorious, like, you know, Merlin hooking up with Agravain. I will never, ever get over the fact that I have a Not the season four Agravain.
0: I dug a little bit into... Um... Life journal fandom because in 2008, like while AO3 already existed at the time, uh, fandom was still mostly happening on Life Journal, yes, um, in 2008. So I, I dug around a little bit there to find where Fig would have been posted, like back in the day, and um, I found a community called Merlin Fig. The first entry in this Merlin fic community was on the 20th of September, like the date of the airing. But the first fic entry, like the first fic posted to that community, was on the 23rd of September. <laughs> okay. Um, It's a fic by Casperus. Um, it didn't have a title. It was Merthyr, um, rated teen. It's no longer available, unfortunately. Like like the, the fic... Like, the entry to the Merlin FIG community was just a link back to Casper's life journal. And there, the FIG is no longer available. Like, either was deleted or made uh, private. Um, But yeah, that was the, the first one on Merlin FIG. Which is a community where that is still occasionally used these days.
2: Aww. Yes. Very occasionally.
0: Yeah. On the same day, on the 23rd of September, 2008. Like, this is like... Like history, like the like how wars started. Now like on the same day, just a couple of hours earlier. Like I actually checked the timestamps. A couple of hours earlier, Suki Blue cross posts to Merlin X Arthur, which already existed at that time um, on Life Journal. Like it was uh, established a couple of weeks before. So <clears throat> like sometime in August. So Suki Blue. Car- cross posts to Merlin X author, Their fig Which is called A Trace of Magic It's uh, Merthyr pre-slash It's teen It's still available on Life Journal We will post a uh, like, link to it in our, in our, On our website And it was posted shortly before 7pm uh, In European time And that is actually earlier than What Casper has posted And so as far as I can trace it fact, this is one of the first Merlin figs ever posted. Oh, it's so amazing! <laughs> Merlin X author is still pretty active these days. Yes, it is. So they've been active for like 10 years now.
2: Yes. I'm quite happy about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> At that moment, when
0: I found that out, I was like, oh my God, A Trace of Magic, first Merlin fig ever posted. But then, I find the community Merlin Slash. And in the community Merlin Slash, Someone called Middleton1 posted a Drabble of exactly 100 words, which is how long a Drabble is supposed to be. A fic called Defining It, which is also a Merthyr fic, on the 22nd of September 2008. <laughs> so, as far as I can tell, this Drabble of 100 words was the first fic, like the first Merlin fig ever posted. I, I found that really interesting. That was like really interesting research just like uh, going through like old documents and like reading secret letters or something. <laughs> yeah so there are a couple more like communities on Life Journal that were active back then and that are still active now in some to some degree. So there's Merlin RPF which was also established in 2008. It's still active. Merlin Finders, which is a community that is still very much active, like there is at least one fig search per week, I think. What I found really interesting, like this was also established in 2008, I find that hilarious because Merlin Finders is a community to find fanfic and people started searching for specific fanfic like two months after the show started airing. (laughs) Like, there's not that much content, why do you need this community already? I don't understand, uh, but people were asking for long plotty and porny murther Rex as early as late November two thousand eight
1: like <laughs> but that's already what... like nearly at the end of season one, so yeah, yes, but it's still like what do like long plotty
0: fig in like three months mu- like two months, what did they
1: expect? how fast authors actually work, <laughs> God. I mean, it's just amazing to see how quickly this just like caught fire. It's just really wonderful. They did actually receive a couple of replies
0: where people just linked them to rec lists. <laughs> oh, uh, unfortunately, none of these rec lists are accessible anymore. I did check. So then there was uh, also Merlin betas, uh, and people started looking for betas around like in January 2009. So just after the show, the, the first season finished um there are still like requests posted these days then there's camelot kink which was started in also in 2008 they started probably in in december and sometimes there are still entries like camelot kink is like not a kink meme it's just for like porny kinky fanfic yeah okay I didn't even know about that, so okay. There you go, you're welcome. Then the Kink meme, the old Kink meme was established in two thousand and nine. God bless. It's still running. Um well there were a couple of breaks over the years and now the, the kink meme like, I I have to say I don't even know if the the new kink meme is still in the old Kink Memes journal or not. But there's definitely there is a kink meme now and there was a kink meme then. I just don't know if they're the same kink meme. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: I'm really, like, so just kind of, I think that I really kind of underestimated, like, when I first discovered the kink meme, how, like, much of an amazing resource it is. Because as I've developed, like, as a, well, I mean, I I did a filmmaking degree, so I had to, like, write a script and stuff. And now that I'm not in school anymore, I'm, like, looking for my next project, like, to write a script. And I've realized that I'm very, very good and happy at working with an idea that I already is in front of me but I'm not very good at coming up with something just out of nowhere on my own and I was thinking to myself for fuck's sake and then I realized oh my goodness if I ever want to write a movie script I just need to go to the kink meme and look for like a prompt and it'll be like oh my god (laughs) so it's just like the best possible resource so uh, guys if anyone wants to write a book or if anyone wants to write a screenplay go to the kink meme (laughs) it's not it's not all porn yeah
0: and then, since we are already on the subject of like kink and smut, there was of course also some a pornathon, yes, a porn challenge, which, okay, this is slightly like where I got a little bit confused. But... <laughs> okay, bear with me. There were the armor games, armor like the like Mirtha just. With the first syllables, like Arthur Merlin Armor games. Okay. And that was a team-based fanwork challenge that only ran in 2009, from what I could tell. Okay. I think, like, I don't know if Armor was what they used to call Merthyr. Like, what they what they used to call Merthyr back in the day. Like, is that a thing? I don't know. I, I wasn't in fandom at the time, but I... That doesn't sound familiar at all. It it sounds weird. Maybe it was just maybe it was just like literally for this one thing. The
1: only other name, like while we're on the subject, that I ever saw Mertha being called, and it was only really on FFNet, was early early fix when people were still finding their feet on what are we going to call this pairing it they would write blah 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 this is an arlin slash yes yeah, so, but yeah. yeah but they would always put arlin slash mertha like because they weren't sure which one to use that was it like arlin never armor that's just never bizarre. i have to
0: say that this entire community seemed a little cracky and uncoordinated so i'm not like I can totally see that this would be Armour just like being a crack ship name for Merthyr. Anyway, Porn-a-lot, uh, Pornathon started as an extension from those Armour games. Okay. And was originally, like, from what I can tell, only for Merthyr shippers. And the Pornathon ran from 2009 until 2015. And then in 2016 was replaced by Pornalot, which is now run by Polo Monkey. Obviously, it's not just reduced to Merthyr shippers. I did check FFNet, of course. The first fake posted to FFNet uh, was called Merlina by Blood Red Crimson Hands. Also a Merthyr fake with Femme Merlin, rated teen, posted on the 5th of October 2008. Oh, wow. So, still, you know, pretty early on, but not the earliest yeah
2: okay well when i was reading early thick i would always go between live journal and fanfiction.net because ao3 really wasn't a big thing then mm, yeah so it was only after like the first season maybe the second that the people started putting stuff on ao3 and it became much easier to search ao3 than to dig through live journal and private journals and all that other yeah. stuff and yeah and fanfiction.net well let's face it they
0: don't
2: always have the best stories. So. Yeah. Exactly. So
0: yeah, AO3 was actually like started up around that time when Merlin, like in those years, um, that's when AO3 started up. The oldest fig published on AO3 is called Friends. Like actually, Friends with a question mark, Friends, uh, by Baron and... Published on AO three on the twentieth of November two thousand and eight, but originally published on Barron's uh, writing journal on the fourteenth of november two thousand and eight. Oh. So that's another
1: I'm really early surprised one. that it wasn't one of Astolat's ones that was first. I don't know why I thought it would be.
0: Nope. I can I can tell you about Astolat because that segues us perfectly into the next section.
1: Well, it's almost like <laughs> I planned it. <laughs>
0: where we want to know who the big-name fans were back then. So, Astolet is probably a household name. Like, I I don't think you can be a Merlin fan who, like, actually is in a fandom and reads fanfic and not know who Astolet is.
2: Well, the thing is, Astolette does a lot of different uh, fandoms, so she's not just known for her Merlin fandom. Well, to me, she is. (laughs) fandom
0: household name. Their first fic... The first Merlin fic was posted on the 29th december 2008 to life journal and also to AO3 and they have actually they have their own website intimations.org uh, where they where they used to post uh, fanfic i don't know if they still uh, if aso still posts to to that website but you can find all their Merlin fanfic there as well and on their life journal and the first one they posted was Beltane, Oh, okay. Uh rated gen, one thousand words long. I wrecked this uh fanfic two weeks ago in our episode about uh legends, like how the legends were adapted to BBC's Merlin. And uh this fig was later turned into a series and then fig by Fay Oh. So Acelot has fourteen works on their website, intimations.org. They have sixteen works on Ao3, one of which is a, a fan vid, and um, there was also, and the the other one, that's one more than what they have on their website, was posted in 2016, so relatively recent.
2: Wow, I thought she had moved
0: on. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. <laughs> D you sent me a list of yes of people, and I. I sent you a long list. You sent me a long list, and I ink- like some of the names you had you wrote down, I already had on my list. So, but I added a couple of the ones that I didn't have. And since um, I'm organized that way, we're going down uh, the combined list in alphabetical order. <laughs> so. <laughs> Next
2: one is Cherry Bina. She writes a lot of sexy stories. That's probably why I
1: know her very well. (laughs) (laughs) I remember because I, when I first joined Twitter, I followed her, and she would like constantly post about being drunk, like in the middle of the day, and it was just like amazing. And uh, I think she attended. uh, mini merlin yeah that was right because she would constantly post about like all the porn that they were watching there and then uh but she also got me well it got me because I, I never stayed in that fandom because i think it's kind of dead but i was heavily binging on inception fic when i first got into her stories because like she wrote a lot of arthur and eames and i was like Aah. so yeah loved it she's really good
0: i couldn't really trace back when they like when cherubina's first fic was posted because their life journal is Friends Locked. But their first fic on AO3 is dated on the fifteenth of November two thousand and nine. So maybe that was legit. it.
1: Like I think that probably is correct. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. They have they have
0: thirteen Merlin works on AO3. Yes. Next one is Cori Lanham. Yes. I love her stuff. It's definitely a name I do recognize, although I cannot name a fig off the top of my
2: head okay uh the lonely king um which was prince of wales at his school merlin was sure it was just a bad joke. yes yes that's why i know the name yes the pact it's soul bonding and arthur is avoiding it and yes that too (laughs) and a tournament of all magics Merlin is flattered to be invited to compete in a magical tournament to crown the sor- sorcery champion of Albion. Accepting the invitation probably wasn't his brightest idea. I need to read all of these. <laughs> the, that one I
0: don't know, but I definitely do remember reading Lonely King and The Pact. Yes. Yes.
2: yes. Very intense stories, lots of great plot, lots of sex. <laughs>
1: I mean, that pretty much sounds like my week is sorted for me, so... <laughs>
2: love it I, her, yeah. I actually really like her writing style so i i would highly recommend her yeah yeah Cory
0: lanam's first fic was posted on the 15th of may 2009 to ao3 it was the natural progression of such things an explicit story 6000 words long and they have 24 works on ao3
2: at the moment and she was actually she was pretty um uh, active in uh, the Pornathon up through, I think, last year. Oh, so she was still writing, as far as I know, last until last year. Yeah, their most
0: recent stories in Merlin fandom are from January two thousand seventeen. Yeah. One of them a Merlin Morgana fic, and the
2: other one a Gwen Morgana fic. Yeah. So she writes all kinds. She doesn't just write Merthor. She she likes to really explore. So then another
0: well-known name in fandom is Feijay. Yes. Who started posting student prints in June 2010. So just before season three. Like a couple of months before season three. Oh, that late. Started, yes. That's when they started posting um, student prints. And Feijay actually only published... Three fakes on AO3. One of them is Student Prince. One is a sequel to Student Prince. And one is a short fusion with Fantastic Beasts. So, probably relatively recent. All the other fan works by Faye J on AO3 or their life journal are either art or pot fake. Wow. Which is interesting that because, like, Obviously in the podficer community or in the podfic fandom, FeJ is mostly known for podfic, but I think that in the Merlin fandom,
1: FeJ is mostly known just for student prints. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head, Noimo, when the student prints podfic was published? Because there's a reason why I'm asking this.
0: Um no I don't. But we can we can find out. According to the AudioFic Archive, like it was uploaded to the archive In August 2010. So I would assume, because they used to be pretty much on top of, like, cross-posting from um, the Amplificathon Life Journal, I would assume that uh, the student prince part fic was posted in August 2010.
1: That is really interesting. And the reason why I'm saying that is because when you said, oh, the fic was posted in June of 2010, which seemed very late to me, like, considering how, like... It feels very early fic, like what we're going to talk about. And yeah, in the pod fic, she's reading Gwaine with an Irish accent, which yeah. obviously she wouldn't have known about that. Well, maybe she knew that Owen was going to play him, but obviously season three had not aired at that point, and we hadn't heard Gwaine talk. So that is just a coincidence like of unbelievable proportion. It's just like, it. I mean, the fact that the pod fic was published just like two months before we would have actually seen Owen as Gawain on the screen is just like unreal to me.
0: There you go. The next name on your list, uh, the was Fuzzy Tomato. Yes, I love Fuzzy Tomato. She's amazing. Um, I still, still, I have this like I know I've heard the name before, but I couldn't name a fig.
2: Okay, lions and pebbles and penguins, oh my. That was published. It's a story about uh, the zoo. Um, Merlin's a zookeeper, and I believe author is either the the head of the zoo or something. You know, he's higher up in the in the zoo, and they they fall in love. And it's about you know how penguins can have um, homosexual relationships. Yes. Anyway, that was in 2010, and also she did uh, Small Town Mechanics. Uh, in two thousand nine um that was about um arthur uh his his um car breaks down in a small town and Merlin is the mechanic. they're both very well written and they're fairly long so i would I would recommend reading them
0: okay I'm just looking at their a o three now and I know post note Romans which ah! was published in yeah. two thousand and twelve but like that's that's why I know. The name. And also Spartacus and the Open Taxi Door.
2: Yeah. I know that one as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, she's been writing for a long time, but you would ask for early fix. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yes, no, that's that's right. You're
0: absolutely right. I was just like, what works do I know from this person? Because I do know their
1: their name.
2: Yeah, she writes she writes mostly modern and but the characters are so well written. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: I'm going to get so many, like, wrecks from this that I hadn't read before, and I'm so happy about it.
2: <laughs> well, quite frankly, I read just about everything that was being published at the time, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I mean, I, I tried, but because this was my first fandom, I didn't really know what to look for, so I could just kind of, like, now I would kind of, you know, know if I'm getting into a new fandom, like, you know, ao 3 and tumblr and everything but at the time it was just like read anything and i probably read a lot of stuff i shouldn't have been reading and didn't read a lot of stuff i should have been reading so (laughs) i've i haven't i haven't read a lot of these i'm afraid uh yeah so i'm really excited to just like once we hang up i'm just gonna like go and read loads of them so i'm really excited
0: then there's uh giselle slash their first fic was posted on at journal in january 2010 Okay. Uh, it still counts. Yeah. That definitely counts. It's uh the wounds underneath. They only have like eleven works on Life Journal and Dream with Wood probably more, but their tagging system is pretty inconsistent, so it's hard to track all of them down unless you want to go through the entire journal. But they have four forty three works on AO3.
2: Yeah.
0: So um definitely prolific.
2: <laughs> prolific. She writes mostly modern. Uh, not
0: a whole lot of Yeah, speaking of Prolific, there's Lady Ragnell.
2: Oh gosh,
0: she's <laughs> so prolific. <laughs> oh, <my God>. Yes. <laughs> their first fig was published their first modern fig was published on Life Journal in August 2010. So it's just about eligible for this <laughs> for this category. Um it's called Every Tuesday Night. It's a Merthyr of Fake um Rated Gen. And they have by now, 126 works on AO3. And
2: quite wow. frankly, when she when she publishes, I drop everything and read it. I really love her work. Uh, her plot and character development is absolutely fantastic. So, Is
1: this 126 Merlin works or just works? Yes. Yes, 126 Merlin works. Wow. Yes. I mean, I still- feel ashamed yeah. that the only one I know is every story is a love story, which is just like, I mean... I mean, my we know how we feel about that fic. It's just yes. like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it qualifies for this pod, like like for this a category. But I, I, mean, every, I mean, I'm I'm never not gonna like plug that fic if I have a chance because ugh, it's just fluffy as hell.
0: Magog eighty three started posting in February two thousand nine. Yeah, and I counted there works. Like if I didn't miscount then they have seventy five fakes on Dream with, or Lifestyle, like it's it's on both. And only thirty three on AO three. So then there is Marguerite twenty six who published the first fake in March two thousand and ten. And they have 82 works according to their master list on Life Journal, which I love. How this used to be a thing to have a master list of all your fake at the top of your journal. Yeah. This one by marguerite Twenty Six actually includes all or most of their common fix as well. So really, really extensive. They only have 58 works on Ao3, which like they probably didn't cross post all of their common fix to Ao3.
1: Probably
0: not. And then there is Mariana O'Connor. Yeah. They couldn't find them on AO3. I only found them on Life Journal, where they started posting in November 2008. And they have 25 works for Merlin, according to their master list. Another one from back then is Rach Proofrock, <gasps> who, of course, is very well known in the fandom because of uh, drastically redefining
1: protocol. I'm just like, can we praise? I mean... Just that that fic is just like everything to me. I just love it so much. So
0: yeah, they have a couple of works on Life Journal, one of which is unfinished, and then sixteen works on A3, including a couple more uh, DRP installments that I didn't know existed <laughs> <laughs> because I only ever listened to the pod fics.
2: Oh, okay.
0: But there are more installments for DRP than have been podfixed, and now I have to catch up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and a couple of other fixes. one of them AWIP. Rage Proof Rock started posting in December 2008, so also... Like, that's when they started posting Drastically Redefining Protocol to LiveJournal, on the 2nd of December 2008. Oh my so, like, god! <laughs> before the show even, before the first season was even over,
1: they started <laughs> posting. Oh, my heart is just beating so fast and I can't even deal with how, like, adorable, like, that is. It's just too much. So early, and yet, again, I can't believe that this is earlier than Student Prince. I assumed they were just, like, posted within, like, months of each other.
0: Then Roz Elazette started posting in November 2008 and has 11 works on Life Journal. And also AO3, like, they're the same works. And then another name exclusively from your list uh,
2: D is Ruven Thorne. Yeah. Yep. Is she's not writing much anymore, but she okay. she did she did write a lot of Arthur Leon. So. <laughs> I really appreciated that. They started posting in
0: October 2009, so just about when Leon was introduced. Yeah. <laughs> so that works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Why does that ring a bell? Is that Leashed? Yes, I think so. Yes, I think it might. Be. Yeah, I think they were released. I know what I'm fucking saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, they have 67 works on life journal. Again, I counted them by hand per page, so I might have miscounted. Um, but yeah, somewhere between 65 and 70 works on life journal, and only 14 on Ao3. So. Um, I highly recommend people go and check out the life journal because you might find fake you didn't know existed. That comment is
1: directed at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know it. And I am taking notes. Like...
0: That's my new level of fake blogging, like, directly in your Basically. face. <laughs> oh, I
1: don't want to go back to journal. <laughs> I don't like it.
0: So then another one is, I'm never entirely sure how to pronounce it, but I'm just going to go for it, Rotrude. Yeah, Rotrude.
2: Yeah. She is very prolific.
0: Oh yeah. Started posting in March 2009. Their first work is called Vivienne. Um if anybody cares, that was the first one they posted. Uh only 4,000 words long. Uh yeah, 4,000 words. And they have now 156 fics on Life Journal, again unless I miscounted. <laughs> and 136 on AO3. Yes.
2: And she, she really does a lot of plot development, a lot of characterization. Her history is amazing, actually. When she does, because she does a lot of historical and modern, uh, stories. And I go and research it after I've read it because she must do a lot of research ahead of time because it's really well done.
1: I don't think I've read
2: anything by this author. I need to go and Um, check it out. Read Icebreaker. Okay. It's amazing. Uh, Merlin is a, well, it's a little bit later than what we're talking about now, but uh, Merlin is out on one of the North sea um, oil rigs and he's in char- He's the engineer in charge. And our Ar- author is there as a uh, roustabout. He's uh, one of the lowly guys, but he's actually the son of the head of the company, but he's trying to work his way up. And so they have a, re- Affair and everything—it's really wonderfully done. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah.
1: I mean, he,
2: I mean, you already had me with like
1: historical, so I'm definitely—that's
2: oh, <laughs> a lot of historical stuff. Okay. A lot of. And Rotrude
0: still posts regularly these days. Like, they just posted, like, started posting a uh, WIP recently that updated like
2: last weekend. So. Yeah, she's been posting. She's been posting forever. And they're pretty long stories, most of them.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, next one is Separate, uh. who published their first Merlin fig in January 2009. Yes. And they have 13 figs up on Life Journal, from what I can tell, plus a couple of snippets and head cannons here and there, and 12 on AO3, but I might have just miscounted on Dreamith or Life Journal, to be honest, so. Or there's just generally one that they didn't cross post. Who knows? Best go and check it all out
2: for I myself. love Separus
1: <laughs> so much.
2: <laughs> love her stories. I mean the just... job orientation was fantastic. And the and the sequel to it was just absolutely wonderful.
0: One of my favorites, um, by Separus is Privileges of Rank, which is one of the first ones I I probably read in this fandom, so But I have, I remember, I have listened to job orientation. I just don't remember anything about it. But I have listened to it once upon a time. That's about all of which I remember. That Merlin builds a tower because that's in the,
2: in the summary. (laughs) Yes, it's in the summary. He builds a tower and Arthur is not happy about it. So, and he, all I remember is he climb. Arthur is climbing the stairs in his armor and he's really unhappy about that. and he's really really unhappy that Merlin has built a tower to keep away from him is what he's thinking about
1: (laughs) I mean, Truth is a Whisperer is just one of my favourite Merlin fics like ever I just love it so much
0: Next name on the list is Silic who posted their first fig in December 2008 and has eight works on life journal. And only seven on Air Three. And yet, like there are so few works, and yet Silic is a name that I think of when I think of people who wrote mm-hmm. Merlin Fig.
2: Yes. Yeah. I absolutely love her uh In Want of a Wife. That mm. that's I don't think I've read that. Oh before. my god, really? It's amazing. Or oh, have I? Where Arthur's hang on be- let me Where Arthur is betrothed and has a year to sow his wild oats. Merlin completely misinterprets what Arthur is doing, and Arthur has to keep explaining things to him.
0: It's basically- okay. I need to. I need to read this. I clearly. need to read
2: this too.
0: <laughs> so, like, also wrote one of my favorite uh, fix, which is three tasks. Yeah, yes. I love this. Yes. I love three tasks. Three
2: tasks is great.
0: There's also a great podfic of this <laughs> that I like. That is probably my truth as a whisper because that's the that's the canon podfic I will always come back to. And then um, we still have Winter Storm with two R's. Yeah. The thing is, I don't know when they actually published their first work because everything was imported to Ao3 and the publishing dates weren't adjusted. And then their life journal was deleted and purged. So I'm pretty
1: sure I heard this name floating around in the early days of fandom, but that could just be me.
0: I don't, I don't really know when when Winter Storm started posting. It's um, unless someone can give me, like, a proper like witness account of I read this story in the winter of 2008!
2: I had to walk out in the
0: snow. And we couldn't go anywhere for two days!
2: <laughs> I don't know. What
1: was that, Momo? What was
0: I- that? I have no idea. This was my impression of a person who read Fenfig in December 2008 from Merlin fandom
2: winter storm has been written, writing a lot. She's been writing a lot for a long time. So um, when she would write a story, I would immediately read it. It was one of those days.
0: There are like over 30 works on their AO3 for, for Merlin. And who knows how many there would have been on their life journal. Because
2: it's gone. I hate when people do that.
0: <laughs> I mean, the hope is that, you know... That they imported all the works to AO3 first, but still, it's sad. Yeah, and
2: sometimes they delete the AO3 one as well, and they just disappear.
0: That's why AO3 has the orphan option. Just orphan your work so people can keep reading it. Yeah. Speaking of people who are no longer to be found online. Yes. um, There is Lola Feist. I know! Um, oh. There are a couple of entries for their fakes on fan lore but there are no like you can't find their fix anymore but they were probably mostly active around 2010 just like Derriere but i don't have definitive data on that but it's a name i know i just again i couldn't name a fic, but i it's a name i know
1: <laughs> again i feel like one of their fixes has been podfit because i feel like i've heard the name said lola feist because I don't think I would have known how to pronounce it necessarily if I hadn't heard it. Someone has definitely podfixed something of theirs,
0: which in this case is a good argument for like podfixes in general, because when the when the published fic disappears, chances are you can still find the podfix somewhere yeah. at least. The only one I remember of
2: hers was uh, she wrote one in the Wild West, where I think Arthur was the sheriff and Merlin was the prostitute in the tavern wow i think but i could be mistaken but uh if you can't find it anymore it doesn't matter
0: yeah who cares right it's it's gone forever it was well done i hate when that happens yeah. and then another one who has been lost is uh, hermet there's also an end like there's an entry on hermet on fan lore and they seem to participate a lot in in fests, also mostly active um around two thousand and ten until I don't know when because they're they're gone yep. there's just nothing yep so who knows
1: yeah. Minor hue is also kaput uh, bye bye yeah
0: minor you like for minor you there is there is an entry on I think on Merlin Finders where someone has uploaded all of minor use fix to dropbox i think yeah. i believe with permission but i'm not entirely sure but like there were only like like i don't know if minor U never wrote more but they are like only six fix in that uh in that dropbox and,
2: and she did warn people she was going to delete things so i downloaded everything of hers to my personal computer oh is there more than six fix no, there's just six. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think there's just six. But I only have six. So yeah, that
0: were like the the really big names back in the day. Like I'm sure we missed someone. Um, like anybody listening who was like, but what about this one? Uh, leave a comment. Let us know.
2: <laughs> That's what the comment function is for.
1: Um.
2: Okay, so and we're only, and we were only talking about early thick too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, lot...
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously there are plenty of like authors active now, but uh, we're not we're not talking about them. So like, our authors like uh, Came Little Polar Monkey, uh, Footloose, etc. They all started publishing later than what we were talking about now in terms of like early fix, right then i was curious about what fests and challenges and and communities were established as early as season one or two and whether they still exist like we started on this a little bit earlier where we were like merlin fake, merlin slash etc uh these things but like what like proper challenges or fests already existed as early as season one or two uh do you remember any
2: archd yes i have a whole list actually Uh (laughs) um I do because I, I figured I would uh, research it a bit. Uh, well, I think we talked about Camelot Solstice, right? That was the multi-ship exchange anonymous fest from 2009 to 2011, so it wasn't too long. Uh, we talked. Okay, we talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, when did Paper Legends start? Because I don't think I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> because that's the one I researched it was established in 2010 and ran until 2013 and was then followed by after Kamlan okay. Big Bang okay. it-, it may have been preceded by Merlin Big Bang but the journal is gone so I can't check Okay. Uh, but I must have found references and then there were other Big Bang efforts like Box of Magic which ran for two years Yes. and uh, the Okay, this is this was hilarious to find the gay Yenta Dragon challenge. <laughs> okay, which ran for only one year, from what I can tell. <laughs> but like, there were other Big Bang efforts. Yeah,
2: there was the. Uh, Mer- I think we did talked about the Merlin RPF Big Bang challenge. This 2010 to 2012. There was Merlin flashfic which you would uh, get a prompt and you'd have to write it very quickly. That we in from 2010 to 2011. There was the Merlin Tournament of Champions. Did we talk about that one? Nope. Okay, that was August 2011 to March 2012. Uh, four different teams with prompts. Then there's one that I absolutely loved called Merlin Ad- Advent. From 2008 to 2012, that was an advent calendar leading up to Christmas Day. There were prompts every day. You didn't have to post every day, but it was encouraged. And I tried to do that a couple of times and absolutely loved it. Uh, I wish they were still doing it. Unfortunately, they are not. Then there was uh, Merlin Fick. We talked about, um, but there were a lot of fests. There was, at- yeah. I have, I have a couple more actually. Oh, you have more. Okay. Real Merlin
0: was established in 2009, I think. I can't really check because the mod of the original Real Merlin has deleted almost every post in the com. Um, But I did find entries like um, elsewhere that go back as far as 2009. So yeah, then there's also Merlin Holidays, which started in 2010. And Merlin Santa, A Secret Santa Exchange from 2008 to 2010. So um, you already uh, touched on this a little bit, like how you wished... Modern Advent for still a thing, for example. But like are there other like fests or challenges that you wish still existed that don't anymore?
2: Um well actually most of them morphed into something else. I love the paper legends is now after Cam Lin. Um so that's still going on. Um but not not really, because I think there's a there's quite a few fests still going on.
0: I like the, like, just looking back at it, like, I wasn't participating at the time, but, like, Merlin Santa uh, looked like something that could have been fun. Um, Like, I know we have now Winter Nights, and we have Merlin Holidays, and there were Secret Santa efforts on Tumblr, plus we have about a million other things throughout the year, but that was pretty cool, like, just the, uh, um... Like this proper Secret Santa exchange. Like I don't think we really have something like that anymore. Like except for like winter nights or Merlin holidays, which is sort of like that. I think.
2: I I don't participate because I'm usually traveling at that time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't participate because I usually write. Like I have been writing my own Christmas stuff these last couple of years um and then also other things at the time so i just uh i didn't want to put myself under that pressure
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and then there was a com that ran for about 2 years called merlin gifts where you could post fan works that were created as birthday presents for other fandom people oh yeah and i just i i think that's such a cute idea and it's it's a it's a little bit sad it didn't catch on more because like it's really sweet <laughs> honestly
2: uh, that that was also going on without the the calm, though, because uh, I know a lot of people will write, would in those days write uh, gifts for different people if they knew what their birthday was coming up.
0: What I'm interested in, like after now, we talked about all of these like B and F's and where we went to find fakes and so on and so forth. Like that's the thing that that's really interesting. Like that's the the thing that Rox and I talk about a lot when we actually talk about early figs is like what tropes or characterizations were common back then like what how can you tell that a fig is a early fig like one of the indicators of course is like the knights of the round table are side characters or like even though they haven't been introduced like like you will know that if a character is called Gawain instead of Gwain, then this must have been written pre-season three before Gawain as a character was introduced
2: one of the big things was that everyone assumed there was going to be a golden age yes yeah yeah <laughs> <sighs>
0: <laughs>
1: I'm just like, <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't <ugh>.
2: <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> I don't have anyone
2: <laughs> honestly in the early days everyone assumed like season four or season five that it was gonna be the golden age and it was gonna be lots of epic you know, uh, uh, quests and it, it would all be wonderful and everything would be golden and obviously it was not. Um, yeah, Morgana would never turn evil, obviously. Right. Morgana was, was much nicer. Um, when you may think that maybe even Gwen wasn't going to be queen or, you know, she was going to go off with Lancelot because that was actually possible until Lancelot died. So. Back in the day, um, everyone, of course, wanted to know what the magical reveal was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people assumed it was going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And early. Early. Yay! Early. early. <laughs> it was going to be happy because, you know, Arthur would accept Merlin for his magic and then he would hide him from Uther and, and everything would be, you know, good, good and hell, happiness and light. And yeah. That ain't going
1: to happen either. Yeah. I feel like people, it's weird because I do remember that. I mean, there were some people that were looking at it like myself that were looking at it a bit bit more realistically, like, and I, I find it, I don't know if it was just such like sheer power of will that people were like, not that they were thinking that a magical reveal was going to happen because I did too, but that they were thinking that it was going to be happy. When I wrote my fic and I write my fic in the interim between seasons two and three, and I legitimately wrote it even then with like a horrible outcome after which Merlin oh. tries to commit suicide. Because yeah. I was like, this is not like, this is how it would happen, you guys. <laughs> what are you thinking? Did you yeah. think that he was just going to like, I don't yeah. know what they were thinking.
2: I noticed, uh, in back in the day, there were more kinky stories <laughs> and lots of sex. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought I thought there was a lot more sexy stories then than now. The it, now it tends to be more plot development and characterization. I oh, that's, just, that's just my personal opinion. Um
1: Yeah, like, I think may, maybe that had something to do with the kink meme still being quite like like used yeah. quite a lot maybe. I yeah, don't know. Maybe. maybe. Or just um Yeah, but I yeah, I feel like I feel like that's probably true, but I don't know yeah. if that... I don't know, yeah.
0: I don't know.
2: We'll have to do research on that. Oh, what a shame.
0: <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not.
1: <laughs> you say that, but you're, like, re- like you're researching right now. <laughs> Probably. Nope, 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 nope. I feel like, <laughs> in terms of early fic, I find it really difficult to really kind of gauge. like. I think that my the first thing I think of when I think of early fic, maybe it's just the ones I've been exposed to, but like I said before, I think of canon era. And I don't know why, but I feel like, I mean, all the ones we've been discussing pretty much in this podcast have been canon era fics, the majority of them, that we actually named by name. And I don't know if that's just the perception that I have, but I feel like there was more interest in canon era fics then. So... And I, I don't really remember, like, apart from the student prints, obviously, but, and DRP are the two big, like, modern AU ones that I can think of. But I feel like I, I was reading a lot of modern AU by the time season three started and maybe not as many in the early days, which I think maybe makes sense to me only because, like, if you're getting into a fandom and the fandom is, like, in a, set in a specific Time and place. As a fic writer, you're kind of like your main agenda is to fill in the gaps of what's not there. So, of course, you're going to be like, oh my God, perfect, right, magic reveal, this and this and this and that, and like fill in the gaps of what's happening in canon. But after a couple of years, you might get bored of that and might run out of stories to tell. So, you'll start writing modern AU. I'm not saying that's exclusive, but maybe that's why I have that perception. Maybe,
2: maybe. maybe. And the fact that is- In the early days, we still didn't know what would happen in 3, 4, and 5. And you could really kind of expand the universe. Mm -hmm. Whereas once you get to 5, it's all downhill. Merlin is, well, I won't get into that. Uh, But then you would want modern AU when there's a lot of reincarnation. And fluff. (laughs) You know, once Arthur has died, you want to fix that. So you have reincarnation. Or you find some way to fix the last episode so that it goes the way you think it should go rather than the way it actually did. Yeah. So uh but there were a lot of modern AUs early on, but I tended to I tend to agree with you, Rox, that uh it was mostly canon because of that. Yeah. Because there was a gaps to fill.
1: And also you have already source material that's full of lore that you can use to like You know, like uh, like we said, all of these ones that kind of have all the knights in there or, you know, Beltane or things like that, like things that you can take from the actual history or the actual legends and infuse. And it's and of course, we forget that as the show went on, they the the writers themselves started to use a lot of legend characters and legend lore more maybe than they had in seasons one and two i mean they had characters and stuff and they had like you know the mort Arthur, like you know that kind of thing happening but like they i feel like it wasn't until the later seasons and obviously season five just like accelerated you know all of that so there's probably less kind of interest in writing about the legend because they're already doing it whereas like in the early ones you kind of want to and also of course seasons one two were very like i've kind of described them not as cracky but season five is like a poor man's game of thrones so it's like they're already trying to be really like historically kind of like in that vein whereas season one is just like crack so it's like you want to kind of bring it like kind of bring it down a bit and make it a bit more serious which is i feel like what a lot of the canon fix were doing at that time just trying to make it a bit more grounded
0: yeah, and even like I don't remember many like I say remember I didn't actually read fake while the show was running, but like now that I've read fakes that were written during season one, two, three, um, like when I think of modern AU things that come to mind are like you said, student prince, uh, defenders of the realm, drastically redefining protocol. Then I just thought of not in this land alone, and they were all stories that are either actual reincarnation stories or just like royal, modern royal AU's. Like they were still trying to like keep with the themes of the show, just in a modern setting.
1: Yeah, you know, absolutely. So
0: like, um, that's that's really interesting that you know even when modern EUs were written um, back then they still all had the the themes of of this thing where it's relatable to the show like magic might be secret or even illegal or you know Arthur will be a prince or the king Merlin will be someone else (laughs) (laughs) not royal (laughs) you know um so i find that i find it yeah but
1: even in like i can't remember when two weeks notice was published but it's still like while the show was airing i don't think it was like seasons four and five definitely and i think like even in something like that which has nothing to do with the show it's based on a movie but it's like still what i loved about that fic and i think this is what i put in my original comment to the podfic around to the author i was like it's incredible how it's still the movie but it's still the show, like the fact that when they meet, like Merlin pushes Arthur out of the way of the oncoming vehicle or like the fact that Arthur's phone is called Excalibur and Merlin takes it and throws it in the lake because Arthur won't stop answering it while they're talking or like, you know, things like that. That I just, you know, when authors do that in their modern days, I'll be honest, I've said this a million times, you know, it's very shameful. I'm very out of touch with Merlin Fick post finale because it was just too much for me to like read Merlin fic at that time so I stopped and haven't really done much of it since so I only really go back to these old fics but do they still really do those fun things where they're still making it very much like what the show is or was that kind of an early fic thing even in modern A.U.? Uh, I
2: think that was more of an early fic thing mm. uh, it honestly the the Stories were hopeful in the early couple of years. Uh, mm. Once you get post five, there's no hope left. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know. What are you uh, going to do? you got to fix it. So yeah. you, before you have hope, now you've got to fix it. So it's like, uh...
0: By the way, Two Weeks Notice was published in March 2009. Wow.
2: wow.
1: Okay, so that is nice and early then. Yeah, perfect. Yes, nice and early. Oh yeah, and
2: fun, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it's just like I said, it is perfect. Like it is, like even, even they even have a scene lifted straight from labyrinth of gedref where merlin tries to get arthur to eat tofu and he's like is this chicken it's very like it has a completely different texture and like i'm yeah. smiling just thinking about it because it's like i i love those little moments and it's that for me is what fan fiction is about like i get taking characters and completely doing your own thing one thousand percent but for me the the fun exciting thing about fan fiction is like Finding those Easter eggs of what you already have watched. And I love that. I think it's like the funnest thing about fan fiction. Like in, um, every story is a love story, which I think is a little bit later than what we're talking about. But the fact that like all of the titles of Merlin's books are like episode titles of Merlin and it's just like the best thing ever. That's why I'm in the MCU fr- like fandom. I love Easter eggs. Like, you know, I'm not going to complain about it ever. So it's like, it's just the best experience. <laughs>
0: Every Story is a Love Story was March 2012. Yeah. Much later. But
1: but that's probably why I liked it, because it I it gave me that feeling of old, old kind of fic. I definitely, and like you said, it's, uh it's like you said, Archie. I never thought about it that way. It is hopeful. Like that fic is so, like, charming, and they're not fighting, and they're not horrible to each other. And it's like, that is what i absolutely love about reading fic like that and yeah i haven't read a lot of post 5 fic but it's um yeah <laughs> just i feel like when when 5 ended i was much more prone to going back and read or or i had like this um i didn't want to read more than au because i didn't want to read about the outcome of five, because I didn't want to have to deal with what happened in the finale. What I wanted people to be writing about was, okay, imagine that season five never existed and we carry on with canon. <laughs> Let's just all read about them being adorable and in love by the firelight in Arthur's chambers in love eating cheese and grapes. That's all I want to read about at this point.
0: <laughs> so that, that brings up the, my next question, which would have been, if you still, like either of you, myself included, go back to reading fics from that time and why. But I guess that answers that because they're
2: hopeful. <laughs> and they're so well, I'll, I'll read something so well written many times. So if, if it's a good fic, I'm going to read it, whether it's from 2009 or 2017.
1: Would you say you have a preference, like if like in general, based on the kind of trends that we've been seeing, would you be like if I gave you a list of things and said, oh, go and like read, you know, one, would you say you'll be more likely to go and read something like, you know, from the old days by like Sepparus, or would you go for something that's just been written?
2: Um, Actually, I've noticed more recently that the themes tend to get more hopeful again, now that okay. we're far enough away from the uh, finale that people have kind of processed it yeah so many years <laughs> <laughs> so many years ago um so people are starting to write fluffy things again and things that are um more plot driven they're still more plot driven um but they tend to be more hopeful than they used to be uh, during that dark time the dark times mm. um so i would read something recent i would Tend to avoid the post-season uh, five it time period and either do something early, early or recent. Yeah, when things are more hopeful. Gosh, I mean that was but, just but, yeah. If, no. you're in an angst, if you're in an angsty mood, then you go and read something really angsty from you know 2012 or 15 or whatever.
1: I don't like angst. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> I think a trend I've like, might just be my imagination, or maybe there's actually truth to it, but, like, all of this is just, like, subjective observation that we're doing here, so whatever. Uh, but I feel like fakes written in the early days, or at least during, like, while the show was still airing, are, um, like, even modern AUs are closer to the characterization on the show now like the further away we get from the show the more the characters will be different from how they were on the show like because because I mean obviously this is what happens in pretty much every fandom where like Fanon overtakes canon at some point where if if a characterization has been perpetuated often enough in fake and other fan works then it sort of becomes fan and everybody accepts this as fact and and just how things are and like i'm not i'm not excluding myself from that because i'm i'm sure i've done this with my own writing like i'm i can't prove or disprove it either way but like that's that's something i find interesting that with like even though we all well, not all, but most of us probably rewatch the show from time to time. Like, we still prefer this Fanon version of the characters to the canon version, so that we all just keep writing the Fanon version. Of course, that evolves and changes even more over time until basically you read a story and these characters are nothing like what they were on the show. Which doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's just like, like these are Merlin and Arthur only in name and looks, and maybe like this one character trait that is sort of like the one they had on the show. Like I know I definitely write Merlin in my fic different than I experience him
1: on the show. That was going to be my question to both of you, which is like so funny that you mentioned it, Momo, because I was going to ask. Like themes is one thing, but do you find? The characterizations different, like for Merlin and Arthur, or even the other characters, but like you know the main two at least, like in early ones and late ones. And I guess more to the point, are they different in modern AU to canon? Because obviously, like I feel Arthur, especially I feel, even though he still feels like Arthur, he's obviously nothing like canon Arthur because canon Arthur is quite prejudiced and. Like, not always a very good guy. He is really mean to Mullen. Like, he is meant to be horrible and an idiot. And like, but I feel that in a modern setting, because we have different standards now, you wouldn't really be able to get away with making him likable like that. Right. Because it just I mean, privilege is one thing. But if he was actually prejudiced, like prejudiced against a group of people like he is in canon, say he was prejudiced against gay people or like was racist, like you couldn't really come back from that. So it's like, you know, what would you do? You have to change him quite a lot in modern. What I mean, what do you guys think?
2: Well, if you're going to write a story, you could have him start as racist or or prejudiced in some way and have him move on to be more likable. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that uh, I do agree that as people get away from the show after four or five years, if you don't re-watch the TV show, um, you tend to go with what Fanon is rather than what, what is actually on the screen. And I find that while the stories can be really interesting, they're not Merlin and Arthur. They're just stories.
0: Since we've spent Like, a lot of time talking about fanfics. Let's have some recommendations. Dee, did you prepare any for us?
2: One we already talked about, which was Silix In Want of a Wife. Talked about that earlier. There's another one that we didn't talk about. Peach Plum Pear by Sweetest Drain. Uh, That was in 2009. Uh, How in his tenth year of rule, King Arthur chose a man to take the role of court magician and how Arthur made his decision, which I really loved. Um, because what had happened is uh, Merlin had escaped because of magic and so on, and once Arthur became king, he wanted to have a court sorcerer, he wanted Merlin to come back, but he didn't know how to get Merlin back because Merlin wasn't coming back no matter how many messages he sent out into the kingdom. So I really enjoyed that one. The other two were written in 2012, so that's a little late. Do you want them, any? It's okay, just. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Um, Regged by McShame. Merlin's magic is revealed and Arthur now has to reach a cold kind of peace with it. Uh, it does have, uh, what I would consider dub con or non-con in it, and it's extremely angsty. Um, and then- So Rox will like it. Oh, yeah. Yes! So- <laughs> Um, it's R-H-E-G-E-D by McShane. And then the last one I have is oh,
0: yeah by
2: Unpossible where um, it's the Mad mad Prince of Camelot because Arthur has been, um, has been uh, sorcerer has been done on him and he thinks he's crazy and he's not really crazy. Um, and Merlin tries to stop it. But again, that's very dubcon, non con. Non-con. There's pieces in that.
0: Yeah, Merlin Merlin is given to him as a slave, yes. isn't he? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a there's a pot fig by Bertie seven two seven two, I think, is their is their name. So yeah. But I, I really know. love
2: it. and it's it's kind of my those are my kind of go to fix whenever I've got nothing else to do. <laughs>
0: That wait, that happens
2: <laughs> when there's when I need something, some angsty re- 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 rewind. So those. All should. right. Okay.
0: All right. So I have uh, three canon fakes for a change, which is unusual for me, but there you go. So the first one is called Fostered by Rageproof Rock. It was part by Dodi It's a uh, Post-season 1 canon fake in which Merlin and Arthur foster a dragon's egg. Which I found interesting because this happens long before it was revealed that Merlin is a dragon lord. And has like connections to dragons beyond like knowing Kilgara. But like Kilgara is the one who just basically chucks the egg at Merlin. And is like, here take care of it. <laughs> so yeah, then they have they have a baby dragon. And, um, which is another theme that evolved much later in the fandom when Ithusa, uh, came into the picture where like Ithusa is now often like Merlin and Arthur's like child yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or pet replacement or whatever. And like in this fake, this happens with this dragon basically where, uh, the dragon becomes Merlin Arthur's baby. Um, very cute. Then there is a fic called A Lot Like Life by Shiny Bug, also part fic by Dodie Ficus. And it must have been written after or during season one because there are references to Sir Percival, but no specifics about like canon Percival, like just a generic Percival. Um, and Morgana is also still a good person, so <laughs> must be before she turned evil. And. Uh, Merlin has been accidentally caught blocking Arthur uh, so then Arthur takes his pleasure from a more than willing Merlin like you could I I suppose some people might see this as topcon but Merlin is very willing like he's had a crush on Arthur and like the servants like assumed that Merlin and Arthur were sleeping together and that Merlin had a claim on Arthur so the servants have been like evading Arthur whenever he tried to make a move on someone and then like, uh, Arthur just couldn't get laid anymore because he, like, he wouldn't get, he wouldn't go to bed with someone who wasn't 100% consenting, um, like, from the servants, but none of the servants were actually consenting, so Arthur couldn't
1: have sex with anyone, and he was just, like, battling the blue balls. It's just, like, the best fic. I love it so much, because it's full of, like, misunderstanding. Oh, it's amazing, because yeah, everyone thinks they're doing it, and then and they're not, and then they are. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I second that right so much. <laughs> and then my last one is
0: Touch Me Not by Verona May, part faked by Striped Bowties. It's another canon AU post-season 2. Murder thinks that he needs to be celibate in order to fulfill his destiny, but Arthur is unfairly tempting and just like, um, flirting and propositioning Merlin which just looks and and just gestures and wants him so uh and Merlin yeah Merlin just wants Arthur but he just he thinks that if he doesn't remain celibate then Arthur will die and their destiny will never come to pass because of something that the dragon said to Merlin and it's so it's there's angst and a lot of pining, and then of course at the end there is uh, smut. That's amazing. <laughs> <So.
1: laughs>
0: Fostered is the only one that is like that ha- doesn't have smut. That's uh, rated teen, uh, but the other the other two are all explicit and like seven and a half thousand words approximately. So yeah, good times.
1: So I have. Fick would you believe it? <laughs> I never wrecked. Oh my god, it. this never happens. So my first one, oh my god, I'm just like smiling reading these titles. I need to read all of these as soon as we stop film, uh, filming? For oh fuck's sake, recording. Um, the first one is Reciprocation by Astolat, which is just so funny. It's just like such a funny fic and it's uh i shall read the summary oh hang on when was it posted oh it was posted in 2009 in february so it qualifies for the early fic and it definitely reads like an early fic guys it's amazing so the summary is he only meant to complain you don't take serving girls on hunting trips and the alternative interpretation didn't even occur to him until merlin said indignantly i'm not going to do that it is absolutely hysterical i love it and it's one of those things where it's like friends with benefits and you're like oh yeah it's like totally like no feelings great and then kind of arthur starts like sleeping with other people like girls again and stuff and merlin's like really upset and arthur's just like why are you getting so upset and he doesn't understand (laughs) and merlin's like we'll just like slam his tray down and be like do you want anything else and then he'll like storm off and he's just like and then arthur finally realizes that like Merlin's in love with him he's like oh my god you're in love with me and he's like reveling in the fact that he's figured it out and man's just like heartbroken and he's like oh shit <laughs> and it's just like really good um so that's my first rec my second one i have my mate to thank for this because she found it for me <laughs> and it is you're welcome oh i love it it's winter bloom by shiny bug and again I wish I could tell you guys the specifics of what happens, but I don't remember. But I do remember that I loved it when I first read it, and it was one of my favourite fics. And I remembered it because I knew it had winter in the title, and I knew it was beautiful, and it was, like, early fic goodness. And basic. Uh, I'll just read the summary, why not? Uh Deep in the woods, in the frozen heart of winter, a careless comment leads to a redefinition of Arthur's relationship with his manservant. So it's, like, realisation of feelings and just, like, in a tent and there's like like I don't know it's like winter and there's a campfire and it's just like amazing and there's a podfic as well I think uh by
0: Ravenclawson
1: yeah there you go there's a podfic by Ravenclawson uh as Momo knows she knows everything about podfic so go listen to it or read it (laughs) either way oh and the reason like literally I was just scrolling through this earlier and this is what I'm saying like amazing early goodness there's like a dialogue scene like around the campfire from a character called Bedivere. So it's just like, you don't oh. get that anymore. Yeah. Right. It's just like, Oh, it takes me back. Um, So that's one that I love. And then this one is just like shameless, but I really don't care. So I remember reading this fic on the kink meme years ago. The fic is called poison. It's fun all around. And basically it's just, it, it is just a PWP, but it's really, really fun because it's basically like my, favorite kind of fic to record which is just like mostly dialogue basically arthur has ingested some kind of poison and or well, i well i can't get the actual prompt up all i can get is the like actual fic so i can't remember what the prompt was but it was something like arthur's ingested some kind of poison and he has to like like he's not allowed to like touch his skin at all because there's something that will like harm him so he has to be like restrained so he can't like like wash himself or feed himself or do anything and merlin has to like feed him and like wash him and he has to wear like these gloves like because he can't because then he might get the poison or something like that it's in the fic, it's fine and um and obviously you know you know arthur has needs and he's like well this is getting a bit annoying (laughs) so basically merlin just talks to him and that's the fic. it's really really good um go read it it's amazing and then the last one is called Those Deep Places, which is also pod by, uh, 314 And the fic is written by Savilla. And it is, um, the reason why I'm actually wrecking this is because, well, I love the fic in general, but it's like, it's reaction fic to the moment of truth. So it's like, so yeah, it's just wonderful. And basically the idea is, is that Arthur figures out that it wasn't will that was the sorcerer it was merlin and uh it's yeah it's it is an early magic reveal fic it is literally like what, what we've been talking about and uh and of course what best way to deal with you know um you know a magic reveal then uh smut i mean there's really no better way to deal with that so you have this fic but the summary is it is an unfamiliar feeling but there it is and once arthur finds its name he cannot unname it so he figures it out for himself which is you know really good and makes him seem smart which i really enjoy so um yeah those are my fic wrecks. they're all canon uh fic and just like this is what i think of when i think of early fic and canon fic is like these ones and obviously truth is a whisper because i love it so much so yeah Go and read all of those recs. I'm going to be reading all of ArchD and Momo's recs as soon as we hang up, because I need to read all of these.
0: <laughs> wow, that was a really good look into like fanfic life back in the day, <laughs> when Merlin was still fresh on television.
1: When Merlin was still good. <laughs> oh... Like Merlin, the character of Merlin, this show because there's a difference. Look, I mean the the episode reviews for seasons four and five are still quite a way away, but well, I'll I'll save it up for them. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> season five particularly. I just I don't rewatch any of those episodes. Next time in two
0: weeks, we will have an episode review, however, not of season five episodes, but of. The season one episode Excalibur, so that is going to be fun. I should know because we already recorded it.
1: <laughs> Had a lot of really cool things to say, didn't we, Momo? Like I'm really excited about this one. So that's good. I don't remember a single thing we said in that episode, so it's going to be interesting editing that. Like
0: at least I'll be, you know, hearing it with new, fresh ears when I edit it,
2: and I won't be bored. That's one of my go-to Merlin episodes because. It's very legendary. It's got a lot of information about backstory. You know, Nimue and, and Uther's uh, relationship is revealed. It's just great. I love that. Yeah. See,
0: my my go-to episode is Queen just for the eye candy. <laughs> you see, that's just that's just two types of people. <laughs>
2: oh my god.
0: Oh, it's so great because there's history and, and backstory and relationships are revealed. And then I'm here like, Gwen is in it. He's half naked.
1: <laughs> I prefer the history and the backstory too. I do. <laughs> That's
2: fine.
0: Thank you guys for bearing with us. But yeah, I think it's been interesting and it was. Like I find it interesting to take a look at like fandom history in in all shapes and forms. So I think that was that was great, and I'm really glad that we got uh, archaeologist D to be a guest on this episode. Thank you again for coming back. Thank you. It was fun. Come back anytime, (laughs) anytime. Yeah. Okay. We're happy to have you whenever you want to come back. And I think that concludes us for this week. I'm motastic.
1: And I'm Miss Snowfox.
0: And our guest was
2: Archaeologist Dee. Bye! Bye, guys!